Hey, hey friends. friends, it's Davion. It's Bruce. And, and this, this is, is Oh, That's, that's My Gay Friend. Episode number 13. Pow, pow, pow. Hello, husband. Hey, husband, how are you? I am here. How are you? I am here as well. We are here together. We are here together. We are here with the friends on this lovely Friday. We hope you guys are enjoying. Um, before we get started, you guys know the drill. I hope you get your cock tells ready. Uh, I my selection tonight is a wonderful dying bastard. It's an oldie but goodie. And husband, you are having what? Water because it is <laughs> hot as fuck. There is a heat wave in Los Angeles, and I need hydration. There is a heat wave. So, friends, I hope you have your libation. Here we go. Clink, clink, clink to us. That is most definitely needed today. Husband, how has your week been going? It has been chock full of peaks and valleys. Right now, I would say we are currently in a valley. (laughs) And we'll elaborate a little little bit more. Um, But... The beginning of the week started out really good, you know, spent some time with friends and did some different things for us. Uh, We went out on a school night, so that was really exciting. How was your week? Yeah, um, (laughs) week was great. Yesterday and today, shit show. So Very much so. Friends, we'll tell you what that is, then we'll get to the rest of the week. But right now, if you are hearing some noise, do not adjust your sound. That is coming from the Gangs Barindo Estate. Reason being, we had a busted pipe in our house, underneath our house, in our crawl space. Fun times. Very fun. Very, very fun. So Um, it was going on for about a week. So you can imagine... How wet things are under our house. We've got a little puddle going. Right. We didn't know it had burst. It believe it burst yesterday, but I guess it had been some type of leak and noise we heard. But we thought it was something else. It wasn't that. Come to find out yesterday, the husband called and said, hey, there's water. I hear it outside. And called the plumber, and there goes everything. And so it's been a situation of water cut off and us making it through. But we said, hey, we have a job to do. For the people. We're the people we champ. are here and we are ready to honor our commitments and continue with the podcast, even though our house is ground zero for air humidifiers, purifiers, everything all you think of. of. The all of the things. Just using all the electricity up. I'm and generating so much heat. It's yeah. already hot, but these machines that they use to keep moisture away. So we don't get mold and things like that. Generate heat itself. They're just like big industrial fans almost. Uh, It's a mess. Yeah, so we're here. If you hear the noise in the back, you know, that's just one of the air purifiers to make sure that we have good, clean air in our home and it's not harmful to us. 
are kids so there you have it so it's not a sound issue it will be completely <laughs> rectified next week so don't unsubscribe <laughs> don't right. say yeah. these well, niggas ain't got they sound together still yeah. no, <laughs> no we do promise and it may take to seven to eight days from what they told us for it to actually be dry and, and have the work done so you know uh no pity part no pity party for us we're just letting you know what's going on real life happens so but we can continue on press forward with this great podcast and so the the beginning of our week also was great you brought tickets for us to go see jennifer lewis one of our favorite favorite girls correction jennifer motherfucking lewis jennifer motherfucking you gotta lewis. put in the her middle name that motherfucking, motherfucking. <laughs> um an icon a legend the mother of black hollywood if you guys don't know her by name you'll literally know her face because she has literally played the mother of every black actor and yes. actress in Hollywood. She was the mother of Tina Turner and What's Love Got to Do With It. She was Will Smith's aunt in The Fresh Prince. She was the grandma, Ruby, in Blackish. Blackish, eight years. Eight years she did that show. Anybody get her shit right because she would correct you with her resume. And she literally would run it down. She's like a walking <laughs> IMDb for herself. But we are huge fans of hers. Yes. Uh, read or listened rather to her first audiobook and I saw that tickets were available. She was chatting with uh, Niecy Nash about her new book. Yeah, Walking in Her Purpose, which Niecy, to backtrack a little bit, we forgot about the most iconic, the gay cult movie, cult classic, Jackie's Back, fave movie. But yes, yeah, she was talking with Niecy Nash, and mm -hmm. that was a great conversation. Niecy did an amazing job. I was really happy for her, and she looked amazing with her white blazer and her white blinged out shoes and her black cat suit she had on. So I was like, all right, Nisi. Yes, she looked great. Um, it was a really good time. It was basically a Q&A. Nisi asked her questions pertaining to her book and her life and her career. It was a really good conversation. It was about an hour and a half. And then they went into a really brief Q&A. Um, and then after that, what did, what did we do? You know, the kids, we had to go see the children, darling. We had to go, are you coming to my balls, baby? So, one of our cousins had said, hey, I'm going to be attending this ball. And we went. It was at the chapel, at which is pretty much adjacent to the abbey. And there was a trans ball, which was very interesting. A lot of the categories had to be, you know, trans man realness and femme queen realness. And... What was really nice about it, any trans person who walked in that category, like, automatically got, like, a 10 a score. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, that was really cool. It uh, was very cool. And a lot of the characters from the show Legendary was there. Yes. A lot of the house mothers and fathers, a lot um, were judges in the in the ball. So, it was a really good, it was a fun time had by all. It was a fun and great time. And then, uh, my cousin Jamel, uh, shout out to you, he won grand prize for lip sync. He did. He that was, bitch was so good. good. He was. He, he lip synced to Sweetest Pie. Sweetest Pie. And he had it down. And, and Mother Gia of the house, House of uh, Tishi, Tishi mm -hmm. was like pointing to him like, bitch, you better do this motherfucking thing. So, he did that thing. Oh, she was living for him. Yeah, she was. Because he actually knew every words to the rap portion, not just the chorus, the singing but he like raps the actual verses and he did it flawlessly shout out to you boo yes. your light was shining yes so tens across the board for him mm -hmm. 
And that was a, a good week, you know. That was just Tuesday. <laughs> literally, <laughs> what we described just... to you was literally just Tuesday. <laughs> Wednesday, woke up tired as fuck, but it I have no regrets. Yeah, it was a good thing. Kind of hit the gym a little bit, and then the catastrophe at the Brendor Estate. So there you have it. Um, and so now we're here. Tonight was a great night for us because we went to Kevin Hart's new vegan restaurant in L.A. Finally, we had a chance. It opened about two weeks ago. I think mm-hmm. we talked about it. Yes, we talked about it initially, and you were going to go, but you said the line was about a block long. Long as shit. And wasn't doing that. And today, a friend went and was like, hey, there's no line. We went. There was no line. People were there. People were eating. It was like a modest, regular restaurant. It really line. was. It really yeah. was. And I wanted everything off the menu because I was like, this is all plant-based. I'm here for it. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. You don't understand being a vegetarian for 26 plus years. Finally being seen by a restaurant to be able to go in and let me have a burger or mm-hmm. a chicken sandwich that is not animal-based is amazing. And so... We had that. It was very inexpensive. I was really surprised at the pricing. I'm really I happy was shocked. For that. I was shocked at the pricing. And, and it's typical fast food pricing, like six something for the burger, ten something for the combo. But for plant based, vegan, vegetarian options, it's usually more than that. Yes. Than what you would get going to like a regular McDonald's or Burger King. Um, but what stood out the most to you because you had we kind of sample we got two separate things yes uh, to you know sample the benefits of being an, uh, being a couple um and we had the chicken nuggets because this we chicken nuggets, chicken nuggets. <laughs> i had the burger basically like the regular burger and you had the yeah i had the chicken sandwich with mm-hmm. extra pickles with the mayo and that was amazing and as a kid i've always loved chicken nuggets and so you know as yes. an adult love them too so we tried that and fries and it was really good um, we also thought about getting a shake that's also made from soy milk, so it's again no animal product. But the damn machine was there. And I said, "Are y'all McDonald's? Like, are you trying to be They're like trying to follow in the footsteps? Follow in the footsteps of the people." I don't understand that. Like, How was your milkshake machine down? You just opened two you weeks. You just ago. opened two weeks ago. <laughs> it's not like you know you're independently owned and you know each spot may not right. like this is you right. Kevin you've got money you got this. yeah like, it's no Sade it's just it was very the lovely young lady who was helping us the cashier she was just smiling and she was like yeah I know it's like it's my second day here and as she said that yeah. the manager walked over and was like oh there's also no salads like well, what the <laughs> fuck no Sade for you all Sade for me you are a multi-millionaire this is your only location you've spent what I would hope to be you know, months to years figuring this out. And, you know, two weeks after you open this shit, your milkshake machine down, I wanted me a strawberry milkshake. I actually, that was my intention. You were going to have a cocktail. I was going to have to sip my strawberry milkshake during the podcast. I had plans. Yeah, Damn plans it. for I had plans. Yeah, a dream deferred. To, a dream deferred, baby. But it's a really well-run situation. Again, it's, I don't want to say fast food, but it's it's adequate food. Um, yeah. Or it's food that's, you know, emergent. When you need it, that's there. And this it's a really well-oiled machine. I, you can see the people back there making it. No, yeah, it's fresh not a mom-and-pop shop by yeah, any means. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very well-orchestrated or, and oiled machine. That's um, So I'm happy for him. You guys know I'm not the biggest Kevin Hart comedic fan, but I love to see a black man doing things and also to bring awareness for our people and just anyone who likes to, who wants a better, healthier 
lifestyle and option for food. Variety so, is the spice of life. Yes. So we are here for it. Yeah, and so that was that's our review on that, and it was great. Um, you know, so Kevin, you can you know, shout out to your boys, you know, and we we'll, we we'll take coupons. We we'll right. Take free that's samples. Art's house <laughs> <laughs> on Sepulveda. Uh, we'll take endorsements. I'll, uh, we can make a commercial. Right. We definitely can. Okay. So we wanted to bring your guys' attention to a show that we watch, and this is not for the reality roundup because this is a just a regular sitcom show that mm-hmm. we find. Absolutely funny Obsessed and hilarious. Oh, such a fan. Yes, we found this show during quarantine, actually. This yes, the during season. quarantine. And, and I had never heard of this comedian before. Um, but apparently she was like known in the Atlantic Circuit and she was kind of getting some notoriety kind of going on. And BET pitched the show, got her show now. The Miss Pat Show on BET Plus. Yes. If you are a black person, you have had these scenarios happen in your family. If you happen to have a friend who's a black person, <laughs> or if you are a person of different ethnicity, and you may be be able to relate to some of the commentary of the sitcom. What I love about this sitcom is they get to cuss, curse, and say whatever, just as in real life. And it's... It's scripted, but you can tell some parts. I feel like she ad libs a little bit. Oh, absolutely, because she's a comedian. She's funny as hell, and but it's also relatable. And it's something that you can see. Like, if I said that to my mama, she would slap the shit out of me when I was fourteen or fifteen mm-hmm. years old. You mm-hmm. know, and it's real life issues. So, one real life issue that came up in the show was talking about first time experiences. And so, to give you a little background, so Miss Pat has a husband. Um, who is the father of her two youngest ch- children. She has two older children by a man that she, who was her drug dealer, or who was a drug dealer, but he also was her, who was her pimp? Was she, she wasn't no, no, she was a prostitute. He just molested her at, at the age of 12 and 13. Yeah, he was just much older. So, than yeah, much older guy. And she also went into the life of selling drugs at a young age and was that type of den mother drug dealer, been shot at, shot her nipple off, in real life, so all so it basically her sitcom mimics her real life experiences, and she has a sister played by Tammy Roman who is phenomenal in this role, and she was a crackhead. So the basis of this episode was a talking about her youngest son who is fourteen or fifteen, and he had met an older lady who worked at the mall, and he was bragging to his friends about talking with her and she was like 29 years old and so basically he has an older brother he talks to him and it's so it comes to the situation of his first time experience with being with an older woman which sparked my interest in this which is the reason why we're bringing this topic up because we looked at the double standard as we were watching it, it was like what if this was a 15 year old girl saying she wanted to have sex for the first time with a 29 year old man would we be so giddy and just laughing about this how they were kind of making light of it so what were your thoughts about seeing this episode and the topic i had well i wanted to just backtrack and express my love for the miss pat show and what i gravitate so much towards it it's so steeped in realism and i feel with a lot of black you know created written shows it it's usually always so steeped in trauma 
Um, and I think there's a difference between, you know, basing an entire show around trauma and trauma porn and just bringing up real life situations, which is what the Miss Pat show does perfectly and impeccably. She focuses, literally every episode is, focuses on a real life serious issue, but they tackle it with humility and most importantly, humor to where you're like, okay, there's a message in this episode, but I'm not being preached to uh, <laughs> blackish. I'm not being, you know, bombarded with trauma porn, <laughs> anything Tyler Perry does. But it's informational and entertaining, uh, which brings us to this particular episode that we're talking about. Um, it's episode nine of the second season, if you just want to laser in on it. It this topic is really dicey and it's heavy right mm -hmm. someone underage with someone older right but more importantly instead of going the typical route with the you know underage girl they flip it and go with the underage uh boy with the older woman which is a huge reality right i mean especially with the boozies of the world getting his kids you know lap dance and right. dick sucked by grown-ass strippers it happens. It's real. Grown-ass pedophiles. Let's call them what they are. That's exactly what they are. Unfortunately, it's it's a reality. And they tackle it in a way that makes you think and provokes this conversation. I thought it was handled beautifully because in the beginning, towards, you know, in the beginning of the episode, we were like, wait, this ain't, they're just handling this, like, too comedically. Right. Like, it, it almost seemed like it was, a, yes, it was a joke, but everyone at first seemed okay with it and the two of us we were like wait this is not right double standard you're like there's no way if it was a young girl would they they would be joking like this absolutely um but then towards the end they do address it by stating that it's not okay and that you know things need to happen but i think they handled it beautifully i i wouldn't have changed it i wouldn't have i i definitely commend them on wanting to go the not easy route and make it a young boy because you know right now with sex trafficking it's always so female based right. and female driven so they could have easily gone that route uh that we've seen many times before but they wanted to approach it differently so i think the episode was perfect one of the best of the season actually what about you yeah it was a really good episode and i saw so many similarities in myself and family and being a young black man and i can talk about the black male experience for myself out there fucking up every woman that you possibly can and if your first time is with an older woman then that's great it's like kudos it's kind of a badge of honor if you will and when you grow up in that type of situation and it's a common thing you think it's okay you think it's it's normal it's normalized for you but it's not it's actually trauma it's tragic it's child sex abuse um and it's the women who are doing it, it's pedophiles who we would call if it was a grown man having sex with a 15 year old girl he would be called a pedophile but these women are not labeled that and so it triggered something in me because you know i can talk for myself i had that pressure at 16 17 years old um and seeing things and, and being put in situations where okay well you know the strippers here and what have you and you know you want to get some tail that's that they, they want to call it and 
as uncomfortable you are with that, I knew I was gay, but I didn't tell the people who were around me at that time that I was, you know, um, to kind of have that situation placed in front of you and you don't want that. And so you just realize, like, that's really not okay. And mm -hmm. so I'm glad that they showcased that on the show and they addressed it. And they let it be known, like, no, you were you were abused and it's okay. And even his brother having a moment to like, oh, wow, like maybe this is why I sexualized things at an early age or did X, Y, and Z and had certain behaviors. So I love that conversation of it. Um, and so I just feel like we need to have more absolutely conversations, exposure about it, and not make it so taboo, so kind of just off in the distance and shameful because it's, it's really not. And a lot of people have had those experiences and we won't change anything unless we talk about it. Or at least bring, uh, you're right, bring awareness to it because that m took me back to when I was younger and I would be watching music videos with, you know, my aunts or uncles and, a, you know, a woman, one of the video vixens would come on and like, and they would literally like, you like that? Isn't she sexy? Isn't she cute? Now, on the other hand, if it was a little girl, it wouldn't be like, look at look at that Tyson Beckford. Mm, look at them abs. Don't you like them? Right. But it's okay and it's acceptable to have that behavior with the young boys. And just kind of, that's where the toxic masculinity starts and where it's nurtured. And Absolutely. where it's ingrained that it's okay to catcall women. And it's okay to see them as objects. Um it, which it is absolutely not okay um, and it's not something that we should be prideful about because I don't know for me it goes it always goes so much deeper to that about you know masculinity being the apex and civilization and anything that you know represents that is okay and is right and anything that demoralizes femininity is okay and it's right because to be feminine in whatever capacity is not okay and it's not all right. Uh, I've gone on my spiel about that on this podcast before, so I won't do it again. But <laughs> it's it's real and it's ugly, and I think we all just need to check ourselves because it has been passed down. And yes. I do believe there's people walking around our age doing the exact same ghetto shit that their parents and grandparents did. So we just really need to be aware. Yes, absolutely. And so going from one. <laughs> traumatic episode to another one yeah the last episode <laughs> right the last episode episode 10 it brought up so emotion i hope that bet submit this episode for consideration for an emmy they have to because it was amazing the acting the writing everything the, acting, the writing it. everything was superb and the basis of this episode was Miss Pat finds out. Oh well, spoiler alert! If you guys watch the show, if you haven't seen this episode, fast forward. But we're gonna talk about it. She finds herself pregnant. Now she is in her mid forties, so it was a geriatric pregnancy. She had some complication with her last child, and so she and her career is popping off. And her career is about to start popping off. She had a major agent want to sign her. And so she is just getting all this information and she finds out she's pregnant. And so she basically is like, what do I do? She doesn't tell anyone except her, her daughter finds out, talks to her. Well, to backtrack, she scheduled an appointment for the abortion oh, <laughs> before oh, telling anyone anything. 
Sorry. So yeah, that's so a big. That's a biggie. She decides that you know she's not going to keep because she has her career taken off right now. But we don't see that. So we do see her oldest daughter find out because the doctor called her phone. Mom was like, "Hey, answer my phone. It could be an agent." Then it goes to telephone from people thinking it's the aunt. Tammy Rolden character who's pregnant so we come to find out Miss Pat finally talks to her sister and tells her hey I'm pregnant but I'm having an abortion I'm not keeping it somehow the husband ends up finding out through this line of telephone he has a reaction uh, and he is elated that she's pregnant she then tells him I'm not keeping it I, mean, I already made an appointment and he is clearly upset he's like so mm-hmm. you didn't talk to me about this so and as we watch this, of course, like we always do, we pause. I paused the show, and I was like, how do you feel about this? And so I'd like to ask you right now, how do you see this situation? Just as a married couple, and let's say men can get pregnant, but just are just looking through their situation through our eyes. Do you think she handled that situation in an appropriate manner? Do you think she could have done something differently? Like, how do you see this whole scenario playing out i think ultimately the choice and the decision is hers because it is her body but with that being said it is their baby so i think that she could have gone about it differently um the conversation should have been had before she made before she made the appointment it should have been okay this i'm pregnant but this is how i feel about it and this is what i want to do I would hope that you support me, but at the end of the day, I don't want to go through this again. I can't go through this again. Support me as my husband. And giving him the time to process everything, because this is huge. One, you know, the men, they don't have the same amount of time to process as the women do. Because the women, you know, they feel that their body's different before they even get the test, before they're even, you know, they know for a fact. It's the complete opposite for men. It's like one day life is normal as you know it. Next day, boom, here's, you know, heavy information dumped into your lap. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think a conversation should have been had. He should have had time to process, voice his concern, and give his input. But at the end of the day, it is her choice. That 100%. If she wants the abortion at the end of the day, it is her body. What about you? I think my response is going to be a little controversial. Controversial. Um, so, I am 110,000% of people having agency over their own bodies and women making their choice about a particular situation. And I know as men, we should not have any say-so in what a woman should do with her body. Absolutely. I do, however, feel that there's a caveat when you are married in the situation because it you know, if you were purposely shooting for a child or not, but you are in a union with a, uh, with your husband, so it's not a stranger, it's not someone just a one time hookup. Not saying anything uh, like of those situations are wrong. I'm just saying, like if you're married and you make this decision to say, okay, well, I'm I'm not keeping it, like. The father has a right to feel what he feels and express how he feels about it. Absolutely. I think that it is selfish in a in a way and not all the way, 
but I feel like it's not understanding my truth. I feel like it's selfish if you just make that decision without talking to your husband. Yes, it's your body, and yes, it's your right. But I, he made that baby with you, and also it looks at well, when you look at when does when was life conceived? I believe life conceived once the whole situation starts to grow, and at a certain point, as a heartbeat, that's when I feel like that's life conception for myself, my personal view. So, I think she went about it the wrong way. I echo a lot what you said. What I saw with his response is going to be, there's going to be long-term effects behind her making the decision that she made. And just, because what happens in the show is she just lets him know that she already took care of it. Because they had a power outage and something was going on. Yeah, I hope and so, But she ends up, end up having, she doesn't tell him, she doesn't tell him that she had the abortion. And because she was like, it's already done. Until after the fact. Yeah. yeah. And so his reaction would have been my reaction. I would have reacted the same way he did. I really would have because yes, you made a decision for yourself and is your body, but that was half of me too. And in that moment, and I just feel like just have the conversation with me. Just talk to me about it. Let me at least wrap my head around what you what you want to do, or at least let me try to have you talk this out. But if you felt that, okay, well, no, it's, I'm the one who has to go through all these changes and everything like that. Okay. Then just just hear me out. I, th I think that's the. I think he was deserved that much in the conversation, at least that much. So I think she she handled it the way she felt she needed to handle it for her career. I understand the optics, even with the conversation of her being older. Like just give him all the information, you know, before, and just have a conversation, a dialogue. Because let's say. Okay, he's holding down, he's taking care of the house or whatever, and he's just making a decision like, I'm selling the house or whatever. You know, like those type of things, it's just certain discussions I feel just need to be had together. Unless, now, because he can say, okay, well, I'll, I'll pay for this house. This is my house. So if I want, I can do whatever I want to do, do with the house. You know what I'm saying? And you got no fucking right to say whatever. Like, and then how would she feel in that? You know, so I just look at the double standard of it all. All again, it comes down to, yes, it's her body and it's her choice. I just think in a marriage, when those type of things happen, there should be at least the minimum of a respect to your who your husband is. And if you trust him as the head of the household, a conversation about it. So that's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, like, patriarchal, matriarchal roles aside, just communication and respect in any relationship, I think, is paramount. Right. Um so essentially we said the same thing a conversation needed to be needed to be had just because that's just basic respect that's well, we, just we, basic respect we have the same agreement but i felt that i would have felt the way he felt like i felt his energy i felt his emotion i felt that because i would i would have oh, felt the same oh no way. because i i didn't address at all the point that she had the abortion and told him after the fact um which I absolutely didn't agree with. I do agree with the final choice. Like RuPaul, she can consult the judges, but the, but the final decision will be hers to make. Um, but yeah, I absolutely disagree with, yeah, I already got the abortion yesterday, which essentially is how it went down after, you know, he expressed that he was against it. She still went along with it and told him, to, you know, by the way, this happened three hours ago. I, I, that is 
I think that it's inexcusable. Um, because, yeah, it's just it's just not okay. Not the fact that she wanted to get the abortion, that she right. got it. The fact that she didn't tell him until after the fact. Now, if he was vehemently against it the, the entire step of the way, she still owed him as her husband. Hey, I scheduled it for tomorrow at 2. You don't have to come with me if you don't want to, but right. this is what it is happening, and this is when it's happening. Right, that's different. Yeah, I can I can still respect that, you know. And again, it may be some residual effects behind it. And I do think that if the writers are smart, I hope that they go with that line of thinking of having some residual effects. It's, that's oh, that's yeah, a hurtful no thing. It's a hurtful thing, and and some people may have happened in real life and they don't bounce back from that you know so it could it could put a strain on your relationship i can only imagine you know so if that if that happened because then she did make a joke about it <laughs> and she said i don't say shit when you jacking off mm -hmm. and it's all, like all those babies you all them babies right so it's like that's true too i, mm -hmm. I got her side i was like damn she, she got a point with that you know um she he's killing sperm sperm you know so it was interesting, but I thought it was uh, it was important enough for us to have the conversation that we can share with our friends, and they can, you know, in the comments yeah, on it's the page, kind of, you know, tell us how you guys feel about it. Email us, tell us your thoughts. We'll definitely read them on on the podcast. And it's a conversation starter. It's a conversation starter. You know, it's we want to also address gay issues, but we also want to address hetero stuff too. All sometimes. issues, all with issues, our gay all people perspective. Right. Um, so that was the season finale yes. of the Miss Pat show. So that's why we're speaking about what the writers should do moving forward. That was a really big cliffhanger. Can't wait to see Can't what wait. happens next. Uh, my fingers are crossed that they get a season three. They absolutely have to because this is my favorite sitcom, but black sitcom that's out right now. There's no other show that's doing what Miss Pat is doing. You can see it on BET Plus. Yes. Um, and on BET, they show the reruns of season one. Um, but moving from that line of mess to another <laughs> line of mess, but it's definitely much lighter. I wanted to talk about Aries Spears, the has-been comedian that looks like a burnt trash bag Why? commenting <laughs> on Lizzo saying that she essentially looked like the shit emoji. He did this on an interview while he was drenched in sweat and <laughs> visibly having problems breathing. Now... Are we fat shaming him? I'm hypocritically... I'm shaming the hypocrite within him. Got it. Okay. That's what I... That's what I my pet peeve is hypocrites i can yes. deal with a liar before i deal with a hypocrite okay um because with the liar you know what you're gonna get you know what it is you know to keep them at arm's distance right pay them dust grain of salt with whatever they say with a hypocrite though it is them being able to do whatever the fuck they want to do meanwhile holding you to task even though you may be doing exactly what it is that they're doing um, I don't believe that anyone is better or above me. We are all in this race of life together. Right. So you cannot tell me about what I'm doing. And that's exactly what Aries Spears did. Now, Lizzo, she's a big girl. 
but she see, but she is on stage dancing, singing, doing a lot of things that thin people cannot do. Five, six, seven, eight, boom, cat baby is performing. So for all we know, Lizzo can be the pillar of health. Her doctor pillar can say, you know what? This bitch got it. She got it. Health cholesterol's great. Cholesterol's great. Blood work checked out. It no pre diabetes here. Nothing. Meanwhile, Aries <laughs> is sitting in what I'm sure is an air conditioned room, being interviewed, drenched in sweat, with the little boozy raccoon dark circles under his eyes. Not he looks like he hasn't <laughs> drunk any water in about five years. Not the skincare child. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm not even over exaggerating. If you guys haven't seen this video, YouTube it now. But he yeah. is trying to be funny off the sake of this young black woman's back. And I just have to ask, when is it enough? When do we stop throwing our women out as the punchlines, especially our big women, our big people in general? That's such low-hanging fruit at this mm -hmm. point. It's like the gays had their run in the 90s being the running joke and the punchlines at every comedy show. In the early 2000s, it was the fat people. Now, it's like, why don't we do something different? When is enough enough? When is enough enough? Like, even the fat people making jokes about fat people. Like, what? <laughs> it, like, like, how you talk about me and you the same boat as me? But worse. You in the mirror, nigga? Yeah. Like, you're in a worse boat. Like, he's in a tugboat with a hole in it. Lizzo <laughs> is in a yacht. Probably literally. Right. And I think she did uh, I think she did an amazing job when she accepted her VMA award. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you know, let's talk about these haters. She's like, and people say I should clap back. She's like, but why, bitch? I'm winning. You know what I'm saying? So literally. that's how you clap back at the motherfucker. Like Best bitch, I'm winning. You know, like you're beneath me. It's water off a duck's back. Should she address it? It would it would only satisfy that primal instinct of us to be like, I'm going to get your ass back. Mm -hmm. But then when you think about shit, you be like, bitch, who? You're talking about me. Don't nobody know who you are. You were a ha you are a has-been. Yeah. Like, when was your last special, sir? When's your last gig, sir? Yeah. Like, you have to make, you have your sound bite off of my back and what the fuck I'm doing. So thank you. Continue watching. Mm -hmm. Episode two of my life is coming out soon. It's, like it's coming out Friday. Like yeah. and subscribe, but I'm okay. And that's how I feel she is doing. Listen, when people are big, when people have different um issues or or just flaws different. with them about things that people want to point them out, don't you know we know that shit? Don't you think we could fucking see it? So when someone says some shit to you, be like, bitch, I know this and what? Now what? And I'm still winning. I'm still pulling niggas. Like, she still got money and doing all the things. So fuck you and the horse she rode on and kick rocks because why? I'm winning. And that's what the fuck she's doing. And I, I implore everyone who hears my voice, if you are in that same situation, you got haters in your life or people who just are saying shit without you warranting their information, fuck them and keep it pushing. Yeah, how other people feel about you is not your business. At all. It don't pay me. And it shouldn't make check you bounce. change your the perception of yourself. You shouldn't want to change how you look, how you feel, how you act based on someone else's perception. Regardless how they look. They could be flawless. I don't give a right. fuck. It shouldn't matter if Aerie Spears is, looks like good shit. Or, right. 
it's just you are portraying your own as no one no mm-hmm. one asked you sir about your opinion about and we all have opinions about people right that's fine but when you spew hate or you spew negative stuff and you say we shouldn't be celebrating this and blah 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 it's like okay like you you're doing a little too much because have you looked in the mirror and said you are not looking like the pillar of health so that's all and i'm done with Aries spears um i mean again he's who I mean, I know who he is, I, and I love him as a comedian. And I really just think this is a bad look for him to get back into the spotlight. I really do because, you know, um, he just is a great comedian. He has a great. I only know him from that impressions of people. Can. He does. I'm trying to think. He has. He does great impressions of people, and some of the stuff I like. His I love his comedy, but I just feel like his commentary about this. It's like, that's just easy. And it's like, you, you should be above that. And you're old. You're almost 50, sir. So keep moving on. It was and you love fat girls, too. So whatever. He loves whoever loves him because look <laughs> at the way he looks. Let's be honest. Right. But yeah, over that trash. But that trash I, box. And speaking of people having opinions, there were there was a... I'm not sure who the person was with Vlad TV. And we know Vlad TV to be a gentleman who does a lot of hip-hop culture for the culture situation he does a lot of interviews with different people but there was a list of the 50 worst rappers of all time oh this is gonna be entertaining <laughs> and so i just thought this was hilarious people were talking about this all over social media on all of the platforms and i totally i totally agree with number one <laughs> But some of your faves may be on here. And so I just want to kind of highlight a little bit of who is who on this list. Okay. So, husband, let's go from, I'm going to break this down between 40 and 50. And then I'm going to do it so every 10 kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's every 10 to numbers to kind of see who, to highlight the ones who I think we may know. So, from number 50 to 40, who do you think may be in the top, those at 10? From fifty to forty, who oh, do you think is ranking? Um, I don't know. I'm not a, the hugest rap fan. Okay. I have like four rappers that I actually listen to and enjoy, so I I don't focus on the bad ones whatsoever. All right, so let's start with number fifty is NBA Young Boy. That's kind of a stretch. NBA number, Young, f- I have no idea who that is. I know who he is. Um, number forty nine. I was like, for real, y'all. This person put gangster rap on the fucking map. They said 49 was easy. Okay. Okay. No, that's not okay. Easy E is the father, the grandfather against the fucking rap. West Coast all day. Like, he was not the worst rapper. But I like, mean, Easy E was. Yes, he. Yes, you have to separate the culture from the talent. His talent was amazing. His talent was fucking great. It's easy fucking E. Again, separate the talent from the culture. The easy he is fucking all, E. He is all Cruising about down the, the street culture. And my six foot. Jacket, like who you hear? Dude, dude, when you hear that fucking beat, you like cruising down the street okay. in my six. Come on now, it's easy. But let's move on. I was surprised by number forty-seven and forty-six, Rizza and Nelly. So Rizza from Wu Tang Clan and Nelly. They said like these niggas are at the bottom of the list. Okay. Oh, okay. Forty-four was Future. Oh no, sorry. Forty-five was Iggy Azalea. She should be number uh number one in my book. 44 was Future, that's Sierra's baby father. Mm-hmm. 41 was Designer. 40 was Gucci Mane. 
I feel like designer should be up way higher. He doesn't rap; he just mumbles. Like he he doesn't. <laughs> well, he was part of that whole mumble rap. He was part of the whole. But uh, if you don't have dip words, center or offset, not, not dip the, set. <laughs> that's <laughs> a whole different era. But yes, yes, yes. Continue. He's all that. Okay. Um. Oh, sorry, Tony Yayo. I was like, I can't believe Tony Yayo is forty-two. But okay. He should be all right. So from thirty to forty, why well, I already said who forty was, which was Gucci Man. So, Pity Pablo, 39. Wow. Young Thug, 38. I don't know his music like that. Flow Rider, Pit. Oh, they put Flow Rider slash Put Bull, 37. They put two different people. Flow Rider should be like <laughs> in the top 10, but I continue. They put them in the same category. Little Uzi Vert was 46. Now, this is all wrong. I do not agree with 35 and 34. My nigga Mike Jones was my shit. Okay, so we're on the 35 and 34 yeah. now. Okay. Who? Mike Jones was 35. 34 was Yin Yang Twins. How in the hell do you have Yin Yang Twins being this. the worst rapper like, of all time? Like, if you think about lyrics, I'm not talking about... <laughs> don't to that yeah, that's me. not bars. That's fucking hot. Everybody know that song. But you're so you're talking about songs and production. Yeah, they were hits. Like, Nelly was the nigga in early 2000. But if you, like, like listen to the lyrics, they're not that profound. But it was, but you still knew the song. You was popular. This is rappers. This is not bangers. This is not artists. This is not albums. Do not agree. Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. That was all of early 2005. But uh, but can you name an actual lyric? You're talking all hooks. (laughs) Like these are hooks. (laughs) Yes, a hook is great in a song, but. To be a great lyricist, you have to have memorable lyrics. Okay, I don't know. All right, so let's. All right, so thirty-three is French Montana. I'm not a fan of his. So, and oh, so now you agree? I'm, <laughs> you I'm just like, hey, you don't know. Look, you know. On. Now it's about to get a little spicy. All right, so thirty was C M. Oh no, C Murder. Sorry, <laughs> the way they wrote. C Murder. He's in jail. He's right? been that's in Monica. jail for so long. I don't remember how he yeah, sounds. That's Monica's boo. All right, so twenty-nine to twenty. This is very spicy now. So now we have 29. It was, let me get this right. Now she sung the hook on the song for this person. I ain't never had nobody show me all the things that you can um, show me in the way you me feel. Bow Wow. Homie, okay. We can always be together. Yes. Bow Wow's 29. 27 is Chingy. Mm-hmm. 26, Nick Cannon. Oh, he should have been so much higher. <laughs> um, ooh. It's interesting. 25, Manny Fresh. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yo, young, like Cash Money, like, yo, they, that's an era of music. No, it was, but that's the era of music of that was not okay. Manny Fresh. Okay, I'm going to keep it going. 24, Soldier Boy. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, number 20, people going to be mad. Cardi B was number 20. I don't agree with that. I do not agree with that. Especially not over fucking designer. Okay, no. go. Uh, 19 Blueface, 18 Plies, 17 Benzino. He needs to be number one. Uh, 16 Yeet. I don't know who these people are. 14 Vanilla Ice, 13. They tried all of it. They said, My baby daddy when I was younger. Birdman, Birdman got flow. They tried it. Uh, 12 Corey Laray, Corey Laray, Corey Laray. I don't know her. That's a girl, right? Yes, the Blick Blick song. Okay, yeah. Waka Flocka, number 11. Waka Flocka Flame, sorry, excuse me. Number 10, Sean Diddy Combs. He should have been higher up. Number 9, Gutta Gutta. 
You know the fuck that is? I don't know. Number eight, six nine. Number seven, smoker perk, smoke perk. Number six, little pump. Number five, little flip. Number four, OJ the Juice Man. I sound sure. old saying that shit. You do. Number three, Master P, absolutely. Number two, Little Yachty. And number one, Silk the Shaka. I a hundred percent agree. That's actually this perfect. Was Silk number the number one. It was horrible. He was the worst rapper. It was he rapped like someone that didn't know how to read. At reading all. a rap someone else that didn't know how to rap wrote. He was the worst. He and on that, worst. friends, we're gonna take a break and pay these bills. BRB. And we'll come back with the reality roundup. Hey guys, we're back with the reality roundup. We're back, guys. So let's get right into the mix. So, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Bloop. They are wrapping up, I believe. I feel They're like, wrapping up the season. I think yeah, I feel no, like it's, it's coming. Next week is the finale. Next week is the finale. Okay, next week yeah. Is the finale. Sheree and her um, fashions. No, I don't know if next week's the finale. No, it is. It is? Mm -hmm. Okay, well. Next week is the actual fashion presentation. <laughs> That's what we got the preview of Dwight saying, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. So, so yes, before we got into all of now. that. So we catch up with the ladies and long short of this whole situation. Drew husband. What's that line in your name? Ralph. Ralph. There we go. Thank you. Ralph decides he is going to do a promo for his book. He does a photo shoot. We see that. Drew's mother calls him out on why he didn't want to adopt Josiah. It's a bunch of lies and bullshit that happens. Cut to they say, okay, Drew, we're gonna Drew tells the girls that we're gonna have a get better party for me, which is really weird. Like, who throws a party to get I would have showed to a party you saying, Oh, thank you for telling me to get better. I mean that's weird. It's Atlanta. But they disguised it as that, and it, it was really a party for the Aquarius. Let's go. Um, birthday girl. So, Kenya and Marlo birthday. So, it was a surprise party for them. Sheree decided she would help Drew with this party. And so, they they came up with this whole plan to say, hey, it was like, get better for Drew, blah, blah, blah. Come dressed in your nines. And so, they invited Kenya's cousin. They invited some of Marlo's friends and her cousin. And it was really a nice, I think, a nice gesture, right? I feel like it was a nice effort. It was to very nice. Show it was very cute. That we love you and happy birthday to it you. It was an olive branch that they hoped the ladies would extend to each other. They, of course, did not. But Yeah. And the fact that Sheree and Drew are working together. Because, right. you know, it was the rumors of, you know, your husband's gay and you don't pay your bills. So, Correct. you know, there you have it. They came together unifying. Now, Drew had... Will we say as a party planner? Or we Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a party <laughs> planner or someone kind of decorate and zhuzh up her home. Did some things. All to say there was an invoice invoice that was involved with this whole shebang bang. And the invoice was fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred for balloons, party favors, alcohol consumption, what have you. Sheree did not pay her half of the bill. She said that it was too much she didn't agree to all of this and she would have done a fraction of what drew did to decorate the house now i will say 
it looked way better than the shit Sanya had at her house. <laughs> right. And Sheree's uh, excuse was, I'm getting ready for this fashion show. I've spent over a million dollars on this fashion dollars, show. Dog. I've got clothes in Alaska and LA that <laughs> haven't came yet. So her thing was not wanting to spend extra money on frivolous things, i.e. this party. Child, what, what clothing designer... What label is coming from Alaska? Uh, is Eskimo fur? Like, I mean, what, what well, at least now? she can say it's American made. But <laughs> that was the most tension that we had this episode between Sheree and Drew because Drew seriously was like, no, Sheree, I want my half the money because you know Drew needs it. <laughs> she, she needs it now. Right. And, and Sheree was like, girl, no. Right. And so she still hasn't paid and I we may find out during the reunion if she actually settled up her bill. I, I honestly don't think so because they actually had a back and forth on Twitter um, oh, during this they? episode. Yeah, where you know the most common things were brought up: how Shireen got a man or a storyline, how Drew's man uh, is cheating on her and don't want to adopt her kid. It it wasn't worth me doing screenshots for because it was like the same old reads <laughs> so we're still here we're still here with it so they just oh no yeah they're they're just in the same spot drew says that sheree needs to go she doesn't need to come back for another season uh quite as kept we all feel that about drew i was just about to second that because drew um your time is up like, but you know what i honestly feel I do have to agree with Drew. Drew can go, but I do feel like Sheree, they can officially cut ties with her um, <laughs> because it. I, I think they've truly exhausted whatever storyline real or made up that she can come up with because I feel this season, the reason why she by Sheree is such an afterthought and she's not prepared with anything because I don't think coming into the season, that was going to be her concern or her storyline. I honestly think her storyline this season she thought was going to be Tyrone. Tyrone her right. love story. Yeah. You can see I'm back. And then when that shit fell through mid-season because he, you know, had his issue, she was like, fuck. <laughs> she was like, there's no <laughs> bones. Do I have? She was like, there's no bones to carry this season because everyone's fucking Boy. boring. Yes. So let me pull out these old, you know, she by charade designs. <laughs> let me let me <laughs> Dust off these <laughs> <laughs> designs and get this from know, Alaska. From Alaska. From fucking Alaska. Did you go to Alaska, Sheree? The people want to know. I, I just, tell the people something. I think we've ex we've explored literally every storyline with Sheree over the past like fifteen years. I don't think that she needs to come back um, because in this episode she even had a moment with Apollo. Listen, I was about Talk to get talk about out of my digging head. through the crates. Get out of my fucking head because I was like, she had to sit down with Phaedra Park's ex-husband. Now listen, we all know Apollo used to be fine as shit. I don't know what the f something changes niggas when they go to prison. I feel like T.I. used to be fine and then yes, he got he the prison soap and something happened and Apollo the same situation but, I mean, so I maybe it's like ugly, I don't know but he's, he's not he's, he's not unattractive he's not but it's just prime. the beard with the hair it's the look is just too much and, and the tiny just, teeny it's scarf not, yeah it's, it wasn't a good look for him but he's talking to her and he actually mentions the fact that Tyrone they were as he called it in the system together so they probably Whatever were in the means. same cell mm -hmm. not same cell but same housing unit 
And they had conversations. And Tyrone was bragging like, yeah, I'm talking to Sheree. You know, so he tries to give her some information about what that prison life was like. He's like, you know, he said, I saw dudes talking to, you know, one week they had this one visitor. Next week they had a different chick and they're on the phone and they're just doing shit to pretty much pass the time by. And so pretty much he basically tells Sheree, bitch, you got played. You know, like this nigga wasn't really there for you mm-hmm. in that type of aspect. I think he Tyrone may show up for this fashion preview that she's having. Uh, we'll see next week um, how that plays out. But I love Sheree. I do like Sheree. I feel she's an OG. She does bring a certain level of class to the shit. <laughs> oh, really? Class. She does in, class in her the own in her own Sheree way. Like Sheree double talks over herself. She stumbles over her words, which I love that because I stumble over my words. But she also does it in a way that you just can't get mad at that bitch. Like, because she'll be your friend one day talking to you and then talk shit about you the next motherfucking day to the next bitch. The next day, try the but, same evening later. But we'll still love you like, yo, but I, you know, like, I'm just trying to keep everybody accountable for this shit. And that's how she does it. And I think she, I think that's why my, my heart is is has an affection for her because mm-hmm. genuinely I think she's really a good person at the end of it. She doesn't she doesn't do anything in malice. She's just like, listen, if we're gonna talk shit and be in this group, let's just put everything out there. So that's why I have an affection for Sheree. I, I, I do love Sheree and I think to her benefit, Sheree is the best when she has a great ensemble to work with. She's right. not the lead girl. She's no, not the lead, no. but she is a, a great, great support. support. Great support. And if the team isn't good, then she's not good. And I think that's what we're seeing this year. Because, you know, arguably, Sheree has some of the most legendary quotable moments. All day. But those were always with or against iconic people right. that she could really spar with and go back and forth with. She doesn't have that this year. Like, she doesn't even have bones to carry this year. She is the Scottie Pippen yes. of reality TV. She, that is, she yes. And Scottie knew his role. He was like, yo, MJ's all day. I'm going to be here to support. Yeah. And she plays it and she knows her position and she does it so well that she has the... I'm about to say Grand Dame, but what is the shit called? Um, the castle or the manor? Uh, no, Kenya has the manor. Sheree has more manor. Sheree has the fuck that bitch got. What is the castle? What's her last the name? The hot box? Not the hot box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine your house being the hot box. Oh my god. Oh, uh, Chateau Sheree. She has the Chateau. Chateau. Thank you. The Chateau. She has the Chateau. Yes. Well, yes. yes. The Chateau. How can we forget about the chateau? How can we forget about we the, the chateau? chateau also. Um, but yeah, that's essentially all that was simmering in Atlanta this week. Again, I feel like we'll have much more to dissect next week once the fashion presentation happens. Right. I'm dying to see these joggers and the men's <laughs> pants with the little dick cut out. I think that was a lie. I think Kenya was just being facetious when she said that during the model search. Which was sad because she said that to the Asian guy. She was like, "You know that the he the he by Sheree has a uh, dick pouch." I, it's not my words; just her words. That's what the fuck she said. She was you so know? rude to that. Uh, so nasty lady. and so rude. So nasty and so rude. Yeah. Um, shout out to Nini dropping her lawsuit against Bravo. <laughs> it was exhausting for everyone involved it's and not funny. involved. Right. Um, but yeah. 
ready to let's move go on to a different area code. Let's, let's go to nine zero two one zero. Pick up the diamond, baby. Yeah. And so Beverly Hills, we come back with the conclusion of the shit show, which was Erica and Garcelle, which was a very sparring moment. Like it was. I can't wait for this um, heavyweight fight between them two. I've never been so excited for a reunion, literally ever. Not even Atlanta <laughs> uh, season nine. Like I'm so like this needs to be a five episode reunion. Just it really does. a one whole episode dedicated to Garcelle reading these bitches, all of them down. So we start out this episode with Garcelle having Diana over to her house. Now, you know Diana had a whole lot of shit to say as she drove to Santa Clarita. Because that's no Sade, but that's where Garcelle is. Where Let's are we? I'm so scared. <laughs> Roll up the windows. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what is it? The ghetto. <laughs> oh my god. Are we in Bosnia? I cannot with the accent. You know that's what she's at. Yeah, listen. She's like, my closet has more room than this. Your house. Like, you know, she knows she want to say some shit like that. Like, oh, of course. You this know, is a and, apartment. But the basis of the conversation comes down to basically Diana's saying that I feel I like you, but when Sutton's around, I can't get to know you. And I can I, I can kind of understand where Diana's coming from with that because she's like, you know, we have a good time, but you then defend your friend who is a shitty person. But she doesn't say that in that moment with Garcelle. It comes out later in the episode how she really feels about Sutton. Yes. So... I feel Garcelle was like, okay, bitch, I can fuck with you. Like, I hear what you're saying. Like, all right, we can separate the two. And I feel like that's important. I had this conversation with a very good bestie of mine this week. It was like, you don't have to like my every, if I have a friend, you don't have to like a friend of a friend. Absolutely. Like, it's okay if we, if your friend group don't get along with my friend group or vice versa. It's fine. Mm hmm just we can still respect each other mm -hmm. you know and so i feel like that was the basis of the conversation that garcelle was like okay just give sudden a chance right because garcelle is an ally for sudden to fix her life with the group so that's where it's kind of left there on the high note would you say i would say so but do you think it would i'd look at that as an offense to garcelle because it's like are you calling me a weak bitch because you think that I'm a certain way around my friend? Like, you can still get to know me and completely disregard Sutton at the same time. Because it's not like, you know, Garcelle turns into this mean girl or she's, yeah, she's usually on the defense for her friend because bitches are coming for her. But it's like, if you don't come for Sutton and if you just try and get to know Garcelle, then you'll see she's the exact same person with Sutton around or not. Yeah, I, I, understood, I understand what you're saying. I just feel Diana was like, I just, I, there's, you will always have a, a, feel like a responsibility to want to defend her if I say something with her. So in the space of you and I, it's great. Let's kind of nurture that. And then we can still, once we're as a collective group, if I say no, some shit She's basically saying, you never let me jump your friend. And I don't like that. But like, that's essentially what she's saying. Like, you never let me and my girls jump your friend. And that's not cool. And that will never happen. Well, and uh, until the end of the episode, <laughs> uh, keep going. Right, and so after that, so we now go to the ladies take a private PJ, or I guess I just make no sense saying private PJ. Uh, they take a PJ to Aspen. Cal's like, "Hey, you guys, I have my house. We have a new house in Aspen. Let's go there." But it's really small—four bedrooms, four bathrooms. 
And so I'm going to get a secondary house for you ladies. And Diana says, I'm not fucking with y'all bitches. I'm going to be at the hotel because I'm too high maintenance for y'all. So three different locations for this. Three group. different. And on top of that, Mauricio bringing his high ass dope to the situation. Dope. Talk about dope sex. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, hey, I'm paying for this. I'm paying for this PJ. Shit, I'm going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Right. So he shows up. So staying in Kyle's house is her, you know, her tribe, which is Rena, Erica, and normally it's Dorit, right? Right. The Fox well, Force 4. You know, Dorit got bumped for Kathy. Yes. And so we see PK talks to Dorit like, wait, you're not staying with Kyle? When, she tell, when she's talking about packing, like, Bubby... What should I pack for the trip? And he's like, I'm, I'm going to stay with the, uh, the girls. And he's like, you're not staying with Kyle? PK was shook. PK was like, right you're not in the inner circle? <laughs> PK was like, you're not staying with the Heathers? You're staying with the Boogers? <laughs> PK was like, what does this mean? He he's like, energy. is the contract not fine for next season? Like, you can see the grief the and the on worry on PK's face. Yes. He's like, wait, what? He's like, your alliance is crumbling? Yes. Which was interesting because then you asked the question, why... Is he having that type of reaction? Yes. You know, to that. So why do you think he had that type of reaction? Because of what I just said. I don't think that... So it was originally the Fox Force 5. Teddy left. Now it's the Fox Force 4. I think... Is that what they call themselves? That's what they call their group. The Fox 4... The Fox Fox Force Force Force. 5. Oh, the Fox Fox Force Force 5. 5. And now the Fox Force Force 4. It's a lot of F's and shit. It's a lot of F's. And they thought that shit was so cute last season. Or when Teddy was on. But I think that is a friendship based on an alliance. Like, this yes. is the core. It's big brother type shit. It's very big brother. All the white girls. Uh, oh, so Kyle. Kyle. No. Listen. It's, should we? It's KK Kyle's dream. Bravo. It's KK Kyle's dream. <laughs> um, but I think he's like, wait, what does this mean for you and your standing in this group? Yes. Because Lord knows, as well as we do, Dorit ain't had a storyline in about five years. She's been riding on the coattails of being a part of this nucleus that, as a collective, they've all managed to keep a storyline going, you know? And they've all kind of attached to it, whether it was Denise, or it's been Sutton, or it's been Erica's drama. They've all, four of them, managed to keep themselves relevant through having a joint storyline. So now that Dorit is in another house with bitches that don't really give a fuck about her, I honestly think PK is like, what does this mean for you? So are you saying that Dorit is the West Coast white version of Sheree? I wouldn't even give Dorit that much credit. Damn. I was At least Sheree has a title. At least Sheree has the bone collector title that she can fall back on. What does Dorit have other than her fashion? If you had to close your That's eyes. That's what you give. If you had to close your eyes and listen to an episode of Housewives, like what does she have? She has the accent of the world from that Oklahoma. I could do without. <laughs> but I honestly think that was the worry. And she's a, she's a beautiful woman. She's gorgeous. A gorgeous woman. Like she is like, so I really honestly can't see the vision of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills without Dorit. Like once they brought, because when they first brought, I was like, "Why the fuck is she here?" Oh no! But her now being here, it's like I cannot, not, I cannot not see her. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. So yeah, I, can, I can see where you're coming from. Um, again, she's on the chopping block for me. Okay. 
And so once we get to Aspen, the girls are all there and it's the two homes. And so it's Crystal, Garcelle, Sutton, and Dorit and the I would have stayed at that fucking oh, gorgeous Lavish. property. It that property was at least house. at least fifteen million dollars. It's the house of Aspen, they yes. say. It's like the best house in Aspen. Everyone room essentially looks like a master bedroom. Yes. Everyone has like a California king and a fireplace. Cut to Kyle's house where fucking Kathy has to <laughs> sleep in a bunk bed in what looks like a closet. Right. Now mind you, if you know anything about Aspen, all these homes like these homes start off at at least five mil. So, you know, it's it's not Cow House is very beautiful, but this property and I'll say this the property, property yes. because this property that the girls that was amazing it's for uh, breathtaking the area in Aspen that they were in and so they're there and they decide to all meet up at Cow's house Mauricio decides hey I'm gonna do a barbecue cut to Kathy Hilton walking in with her slippers and her pillow <laughs> fresh from the airport fresh from the airport and Cal asked her, did you dress like this going to the airport? She said, yes. I'm on a fucking plane, bitch. Like, what? Yes. Like, what if someone recognized you? I have my mask. <laughs> I have my mask. This is like, what do you mean? I don't care. This I know Kathy called Lizzo Precious. Listen. And she said some derogatory terms to whose assistant? Sutton's assistant? That's alleged. Allegedly. 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 Sutton's assistant? Yes. Listen. He probably was acting that way. I don't give a shit. Kathy Hilton in my book is the V the MVP of all this shit. Now she has I wanted to, to be her friend. Season. Yeah. So but Kathy, you know, she comes in the house and she does her Kathy thing. And so we cut to the ladies having <laughs> having dinner. And Kathy really this episode really displayed to me. She showed that older sister type of mentality of mm-hmm. why are we not why are we Boiling the corn, not barbecue, not putting on the grill, mm-hmm. and she just gives commentary and just she critiques everything with she Kyle's throws situation. in her two cents for everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I love Kathy for corn's that. not cut, corn's still <laughs> not corn cooked. was not cut, and so we cut to the ladies then wanted to bring out the Ouija board. Did you ever play Ouija board as a kid or a teenager growing up? I friends? did not in my black household. It the same way that Cherie and Garcelle had like a like, oh, oh no, no. We don't that, that is exactly the reaction <laughs> that happened in my family whenever I would bring that up. Not in this house. Not in this house. Not in this God fearing house. <laughs> I remember junior high with some friends. Um, you know, I went to school with with um, mostly Caucasian kids and mm. and other ethnicities, so you learn a little a lot of different things, but. Yeah, I remember kind of having that kind of happen. I remember the craft was a big thing for for us in high school and everything. So, um, you know, kind of play a little bit with does that. Does it actually work? No. Like, does it move? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like, I don't. No, it's not. No. It, it's not real. No. Um, so they bring out the Ouija board. So they start to ask certain questions about. Well, sorry. Backtrack. Kyle starts to ask certain questions about the people in the group. Producer of the season. And what now you said no, so let me ask the question. Do you think Kyle was stirring the fucking pot with the question she was asking playing Ouija board? Absolutely. She was stirring one of those big ass wooden spoons that everybody grandmama had in their kitchen growing up. In the 80s and early 90s. That big Wait, ass. Wait, with the, with the spoon yes, with the fork on the, the wall? With the fork that you put on the wall. <laughs> well, the fork had to be higher than the spoon, though. Yes, she had that type of spoon in okay. a big old gumbo pot, stirring that shit Not up. The, gumbo, the black gumbo pot? The black the gumbo one? pot. Because 
And I hope that this is rectified next season. She just, if she doesn't let things happen naturally, like it honestly feels like sometimes Andy Cohen is sitting there in the room and with his little key cards being like, Sarah from Washington wants to know. <laughs> it's like, Kyle, y'all all chilling. And I, the thing that I really like the most uh, this week is that Dorit called it out in her confessional, not in person, of course. Right. But she was like, it seems like Kyle just wants to stir the pot. Like, everybody's chilling. Kyle, why are you bringing this stuff up? So what she brings up is the fact of why did Garcelle unfollow Erica on social, on Instagram? And maybe all, all across her social media platforms, but Instagram apparently. So as we know now, 2022, if you unfollow someone on, on Instagram, baby, that is the death. You are no longer a friend to me. Nella Kaufman, we are over. Yeah, that's it. It's not coming back. Them. And Garcelle gave a truthful answer. She was like, you call me a liar. Like, and that hurt my feelings. And Kathy Hilton chimes in and says, that's some serious shit. She was like, I, I agree. Don't call me a liar, a thief, or a pedophile. I mean, I wouldn't want to be called off any of them. I, same here, right? But I understood Garcelle's position. And Garcelle then drew a line in the sand and was like, listen, we don't need to be friends. Okay. To Erica. It's clear to Erica. She tell Erica flat out in front of the whole group, we do not need to be friends. And so Erica's like, okay, yeah, all right, I'm okay with that. But she was visibly taken back. Taken her. back. She wasn't, she wasn't expecting that shit for that. Because yeah. Garcelle's like, no, bitch, let me tell you real quick. Like, you've already, you cussed one of my sons out. You yeah. want to fuck mother son. Yeah. And now you're calling me a fucking liar. Three strikes, bitch, you out. You're Garcelle, dead to me. Garcelle said what? Play with your pussy. Don't play, don't with, play me. with me. That Haitian shit came. That Haitian yeah. shit came out. She was like, "Oh, bitch, I ain't fucking with you. I don't see you. You're here in my presence. I can be around you, but I'm not fucking with you no more." You and can tell it. Erica since she's been on the show for a few years now. She can play the game and she can pretend to feel a certain type of way or be angry or say something. Right. And well, if she really likes you, she'll still want to. You know, I feel like the same way with her and Sutton. Like, she really wants to be Sutton's friend. So, you know, they may have moments where they can still kiki and laugh under the covers. Right. But Garcelle, don't play that shit. Nope. She's like, okay, bitch, you think I'm a liar? You're dead to me. At all. Enjoy your life. Boom. And Erica's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, she wait, was, what? Erica was, vis yeah, visibly, she was visibly taken back. Yeah, she was visibly taken back. She was like, Garcelle's oh, like, we don't she's like, be same, same. It was one of those, like, let me say face. Yes. yes like, yes. no. Because had if she would have said let's sit down and talk about it, it would have been a different situation. Absolutely. But that that didn't happen, and so we see that, and then it, it it leads to somehow suddenly bringing up the fact that Erica called her a cunt, which is a favorite word of mine. Because I love again, because again, Kyle said, "Okay, Garcelle, I understand your reasoning, but Sutton." What was your reasoning for unfriending Erica? Because right, Sutton unfriended it. her as well. And Sutton told me and told us, well, it was a joke. Like, I was with Garcelle. She unfriended her, so I unfriended her too. And even furthermore, like, she called me a cunt. So how is it so, like, out of the scope of things for me to unfriend her? Right. She was like, you, you guys. And then Sutton goes to the point saying, you guys said nothing when she called me that. Mm. And... Then Diana so effortlessly says, "Because you are one," which Erica belted out the Into biggest laugh, a belly rupturing ever, laugh. and it just went to shit after that. 
it went completely downhill and it's not well one it was never fun to see the group gang up on Sutton but this episode it was exceptionally just uncomfortable watching them come for her because she's literally like sitting there fighting back tears not saying anything yes and she said nothing to provoke Diana and which was even more frustrating is they've hashed this out like they've literally hashed this issue out Sutton apologized Diana said let's move forward let's move on right they had I think like a lunch after that and still we're back here in Aspen with Diana bringing up the fact that she was like on her deathbed bleeding from her vagina at Garcelle's then keep your ass at home. Don't come out. If you if you're so much in pain, you on your deathbed fucking dying. Just die. Bitch, don't come to my party. I don't need you at my party because yeah. I'm gonna feel bad. But you showed up. I have a question. I have a logical question to ask you. Oh, I thought you were sick. You showing up. Or you said, "Well, I'm on my deathbed," and you felt away by her asking you a question. Okay, fine. But then you can't say she's a cunt because she asked you, "Why the fuck are you here?" But even, the, and even if you <laughs> like, do, come on now. She's apologized. You guys put it to rest. Profusely. Literally. She's apologized she's profusely apologized about the situation. She's apologized ad nauseum about it. And it's like, honey, if you're still going to have an issue, just let that be your own issue. Like, don't bring it to the group. But it, the night ended with Diana storming out, um, Sutton bursting into tears, Kyle telling Sutton as she was crying, don't, over, uh, don't be dramatic. Don't be dramatic. How dare you, as my friend, tell me, don't be dramatic. And you start this whole entire fucking shit. That leads me to my next point, that Kyle is not Sutton's friend. And I think the sooner Sutton realizes this, that she'll truly step into her power as the new supreme of this show. Because I think what's holding her back from realizing her power on this platform is Kyle. She, for whatever reason, she feels indebted to Kyle because she lived in her house or she's um, miss she's thinking she's equating time with friendship because I do believe as she's we all long, do uh, as we all do she's known Kyle the longest and she thinks that it's safe but literally almost every altercation that Sutton has had this season the catalyst behind it has been Kyle and either asking absolutely. a question probing Throwing Sutton under the bus and then letting, you know, Lisa, Erica, Diana rip her apart and then coming back after the fact when it's just her and Sutton to kind of like lick her wounds, rub her back and tell her things that she would never say in front of the group. Right. Because Sutton, some of these ladies are like Erica and um, Renna could be very quick with it. Absolutely. Sutton is not that way. So Sutton will get you a different fucking way. And she does it in the Southern way where it's either legally or she's going to... Yeah. And so she'll probe questions and she's more methodical. She thinks she thinks about her shit and she's not just quick wit that way. She's a slow burn. Yeah. And so... And when she hits, she fucking hits. She doesn't fucking miss when when she takes the shot. And so... But to see her so just docile in the moment and just like just emotion and you see and you see this person really bullying is yeah. at this point because when you when you say this person doesn't have feelings and you verbally attack this person and she's saying nothing to you at this moment like at some point you fucking stop you yes. know what i'm saying and so garcelle steps in and say like that's not cool and so she then tries to say hey something like defend yourself like say something because 
again, you have Erica over here chiming and high-fiving Diana about the shit that she said she's a fucking cunt. And Renna's over here laughing, but she's trying to keep her head down and not really show emotion. And Crystal just look fucking scared. Like, Crystal, what the hell's yeah. going on? Crystal's you know? just going there in a happy place. Yeah, so I just think that Diana did... I feel like she has... She is misdirecting her aggression or her emotions about her loss of a child or whatever yes. she may be dealing with. And just fo- laser focus on Sutton because... You question why am I here at this party? But I've apologized to you. And again, if you were on your fucking death, bitch, bitch, don't show up to a party. And I mean, again, because Sutton is unfortunately an easy kill. Because she's easy. Because you feel like she's an easy she doesn't target. Do right. it back and forth. She does it. Like and all again, the other ladies. Because she does it a different type of way. And then you say, oh, well, she's a snake. She's not a snake. She just fucking thinks through the shit that she said. And it's, it hits you. It hits you harder because you just hit it worse right now. You just, again, you present like you're a fucking but you, you're you're verbally just attacking me, and I'm not saying nothing back to you. So, I hope sudden, like you said, steps into her truth. Realize Cal is not her friend because any true friend was not going to have you consistently be in that situation or yeah, say you're being dramatic. Garcelle was a friend. Was like, hey. Tell them why you said blah blah or or defend her. She's saying this to you, like defend yourself. That's a friend to me. Yeah, yeah she's trying not, to give a voice to the yeah, voice. You're not in my fight, but you're like, yo, you losing right now, dog. Like, hey, say some shit. Defend yeah. yourself. So, Southern will find out eventually. Cal is not her friend. Again, I can't wait for this fucking reunion. This reunion is this reunion will be fire. I can't wait as well. And Sutton will be sitting next to Andy. So if let's. She who will be the next two? It. Who will be the two people sitting next to Andy? Okay, so here is how I see the the setup. To Andy's left, it's going to be Sutton, Garcelle. Okay. I don't because it, it usually is someone directly opposing each other right. at the head. So it's going to be Sutton, Garcelle. Um, Probably, Crystal. I don't think Crystal's gonna be on that couch. Kathy would be on that side. I think Kathy would absolutely be on that side. I would say Kathy then Crystal. That would make sense. I mean, it would make sense, but I I, I don't see them putting like usually don't like to draw the line so heavy in the sand. It would have to because you couldn't put Dorito over there. I'll, I'll see. I see them putting Dorito over there. I can't because see she's the least. She is, she makes the most sense to sit there. Okay, so who's who's on the other couch then? It's gonna be Kyle. There's no not way. First seat though. There, there's no way they'll not put Kyle. She's always been in the first seat. She's no. She won't be first seat. She's always been. In the I first think seat. she'll probably be. She can't be first. No. Seat. She, Cause she. She. If you think about it, the only time that she wasn't first seat was last season when Erica was first seat, and Erica fucking earned that seat. She didn't earn. She but earned it. Erica seat. still has a lot going on. I f- so who who would you feel is on the second seat? Then I'll tell Erica. you. Erica. So it's who Kyle, be, so, okay. Erica, so Kyle, Erica, Lisa, okay, uh, Diana. That's who's sitting on that. So couch. then, where's Kathy? Because Kathy, Kathy is a friend, of, a friend so, of, she'll, so she'll come. She'll be out second segment, probably like third episode. But I think at the head it will be Kyle and Sutton. I would switch the two. I think that Rena probably would be before Kyle. I'm just, no. I'm just going off. I was just going on. Rena literally had no 
storyline this season. Well, also her mom, her but then she's also. But that's not like something you want to anchor. So. That's sad. You don't want to anchor reunion. Well, okay, then I would say Erica, then Kyle, then Rena, and then. I can't see them having Crystal because they had Crystal last year on that same couch. That's why I see Dorit on that side. I um, I thought they had Dorit on that side and then Crystal on the other side. Just saying. I can't wait to see, but I, but if Sutton isn't at the head of the couch, I'm big. Oh no, she's gonna. If if it's not Sutton, it definitely would be Garcelle. But it needs to be Sutton. It needs to be Sutton absolutely because you mentioned this season on her back. You mentioned that Sutton carried the season, and you also said that. In our private conversation, that Denise Richards needs to come back because you felt like these two women have carried two entire seasons alone. Now, picture it, everyone. If you are a fan of Real Housewives across the franchises, I'm not talking about big personalities like a Bethany or a Nini who has contributed the most during their seasons. I'm talking about someone where every episode, every conversation, literally is either about this person or directly involves this person. Okay. No one has done that the way Denise Richards did two seasons ago in the way that Sutton Strack is doing this season. Literally, if they're not in every scene, their name is in every single scene, every single episode. So I am just, I would love to see both of these women back next season to see how that dynamic plays out because Denise there's so many stories that you can have with her like her and Garcelle trying to mend their friendship since she didn't show up to Garcelle's party right. and her trying to reassimilate into the group and you know Sutton she's just a wealth of storylines <laughs> like that can literally carry an entire next season when hopefully a lot of these bitches are given green slips Pink slips, you mean? Pink slips. I forget. Because green slip is for money. Oh, no, well, I mean, I've never been fired, so I wouldn't know. Uh, but yes, pink slips. Pink. Yeah. Pink. The pink one. The pink. The pink. The pink. So, yeah. Well, guys, we will not have another two hour episode like we did last week. So, we some of you guys enjoyed that. We did not know we were doing that, so. Oops. <laughs> We were just feeling the conversation. Whoopsie, whoopsie. It was just nothing but vibes last week. It was nothing but the vibe going on. But, you know, we had a great vibe tonight. And we feel like we will probably talk about Married to Medicine and Married to First Sight next week. Because, I mean, listen, there was a lot of shit that went on. But, you know, let's save it for next time. We're going to put a pin in it. We're going to come back. Park it. We also want to talk about a new show that we've been watching. We've been teasing you guys about F Boy Island. If you guys haven't watched it, it concluded last week. It's a over. Great. <laughs> this <laughs> this is a great, tw- a great twist. But listen, we can come back and talk about it. You know, we have that, and we have some other shows in the lineup that we want to introduce you guys to. And again, if you guys have any suggestions about anything you're watching and you feel we should be watching, please yes, let us know. Tell us. Put it in the comments. Of oh that's my gay friend or email us at oh that's my gay friend dot at gmail dot com and so friends like always we want to say thank you guys for listening to us we really truly truly are grateful for we are all the friends that we have you know this was a 
a dream and a situation of a labor of love that we have in you know if this takes off and does multiple things we are appreciated but if it's just if this is just listening to if this is just reaching the ears of people who are listening right now and it's only a couple of friends we love you so much and so we appreciate you guys thank remember, you for being friend thank you for being a friend you have one hour with us 23 with yourself please be kind be courteous smile to people cuss the motherfucker off if you have to but at the end of it say i still love you all right until next time bye friend today's episode of oh that's my gay friend is brought to you by the letter a hey listen did y'all really think we we're gonna teach you guys something <laughs> this podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband Tune in next Friday for an all-new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on Instagram at Oh, That's My Gay Friend or email us your questions at Oh, That's My Gay Friend at gmail.com. Until then, see you next time, friends. <laughs>